0: You're listening to the fire pit podcast today. We are talking about pride. So pride is in my opinion, multifaceted you have pride, which I think is what comes to everyone's mind in the realm of being arrogant or like stuck up. But I think there's a lot more aspects to it than just that. Um,
1: Yeah, I think the the arrogant thing generally comes to people's minds when they first think of pride. Are you being prideful, uh, synonymous, arrogant?
0: Yeah, but the other other part of it, too, would be aspects of pride with regard to not uh, having enough pride in yourself as far as like your self-worth i think i've i've suffered more from that in my life than just being arrogant it's it's been more about not believing in myself enough or taking pride in myself when confronting different situations so i've kind of like slinked back and not i avoid conflict and all all that kind of stuff is very uh, relevant for me. I've never been the really cocky guy. If if I was, it was not based on anything real, as much as it was just putting on a front.
1: Right. I, you know, we um, we've been going through this book, uh, *Man in the Mirror*, and, and his comments on pride were very interesting because he talks about that. The very thing, the two types of pride. There's a one that we we think about most often, and that's the one that's arrogant. And so we when we think of pride, we say, well, you know, God, you know, uh, as opposed to the proud. So something about pride just is really bad. God hates pride. But then there's this thing that you're talking about that there's got to be something on the good side of being proud. That's okay. You know, we don't mind talking about, you know, being a proud parent or, uh, you know, because we'll, you know, we'll watch our uh, favorite team or whatever and we'll say, wow, we're so proud of them. They they won the game. Then we don't feel bad about that. There's a certain pride um, and but, but here's the here's the kicker on that. You're talking about you having pride for over somebody else's accomplishment. Something about you having pride about your own accomplishment, you know, people will say, well don't toot your own horn, let other people praise you and not your own lips. Um maybe you've heard that before. But again the the, the problem with that that is, and and I really like the way he brings it out. Is that it? There's there's got to be a way in which you can be both proud and humble, and be biblical about it. Be okay. Be, um, you know, have a have a reasonable uh, sense of self worth in which, yeah, you can essentially toot your own horn. Um, one of the things that the author brings out is that you know this the key is not to compare yourself with somebody else, and I think that's we we fall down on that a lot, of course, because every time you um you know you you hear people um, you know at the expense of others making themselves feel good, putting down someone else. That uh, makes me feel better, type of thing. Obviously, that's wrong. There's a comparison thing going on there. Um, we we get a certain amount of that in school too. You know, we tout the grades that you get. I got an A. You got a B. Right, well, okay. Um, of course, you know, there's um, there's a certain amount of measurement that we have to have in what we do. Uh, sometimes it's with an A sometimes it's with a pay raise sometimes it's with somebody's add a boy you did a great job type of thing absolutely nothing wrong with them saying that and there's nothing wrong with you saying it too uh, as long as it's not something that you're using to compare yourself with someone else but you're actually examining your work against yourself okay it's it's um I I guess maybe the analogy that comes to my mind is you you think about the track runners that run around a a, a quarter-mile track, and each of them has a lane that they're running in. And, of course, in in that scenario, yeah, you are kind of looking over your shoulder or looking next to you to make sure that you're ahead of the next guy. But the way to look at it is put blinders on. This is your lane. Run your lane. Don't be worried about what the guy next to you is doing. You just run the best that you can run and you you examine your results uh, against the, the you know the effort that you put into something and if you really given yourself to it um, you'll start to get better and that's great um, so it's just you and you I, I guess is what i'm saying you're running against yourself you're you're in this game against yourself because quite frankly you, you really can't compare yourself to somebody else. We're all so different. There's so many different things that some are better than you. You're better than them on some things. It's just, it's not a, a fair playing field if you want to look at it that way.
0: Yeah. And what came to mind too is my earlier in life, I've gotten better at it, but like when I would get a compliment, I would slough it off or, Who are like, oh, that's really cool that you can do that. I would just say like, ah, you know, it's not a big deal, and because I was so, I didn't want to be arrogant, but at the same time, it's you're not allowing that person to pay you a compliment in which in something that they're impressed with, and that is not good either. So I've had to learn to just say thank you, and that's that's when difficult. Uh, but I didn't, you don't notice that you're doing it. I didn't notice until, you know, it was called to my attention that it was like, well, you can just take the compliment. Otherwise it just, it makes the other person feel weird too, because then they're just like, oh, well, okay, I guess it is easy. And I should have known that, but I thought it was cool to for me. So that was another thing that I, I thought of too.
1: Sure. And some people actually, um, it, unless they have the affirmation or the applause of other people um they don't see it they're not able to um be their own cheerleader because they're so tied into the praise of others and uh, i i those kind of people are really in, in, are kind of like bottomless pits you know they just um it doesn't matter how good they do unless they get the applause from the right people or the right crowd um, they don't see the value. And that's obviously a, a self-image issue that you really got to do something with. But
0: Yeah. Uh, and I had a person come in my office. I, I do a lot of, like, electronic robotics stuff just for fun. I kind of grew up doing that by myself, and I acquired all these technical skills and whether it be like software or hardware or like breadboarding stuff and putting circuits together. And it's just a fun thing for me. And, and it was weird because I had someone come in my office and be like, what's all this, what's this, what's the, and it made me really uncomfortable. And I was just like, why would that make me uncomfortable if I'm so like proud of that for myself, but it just felt so uneasy, and and I think it's because, uh, I, I guess when I was homeschooled, basically taught myself through high school, I think I became accustomed to thinking like that snowflake mentality of, of like I'm completely unique, there's no one out there that's like me, which is not true, or no one else is interested in these types of things, and you I secretly I think would take pride in that and then when someone shows an interest or they have similar interests I would almost feel threatened by that and then kind of realizing that like that's an area of pride for myself instead of you can really learn more in a group environment in having like interdependence between others to kind of show you other cool stuff that Maybe you didn't know. I mean, you can't possibly know everything. I think when I was younger, I tried to know everything, and and that didn't really turn out to be useful. I mean, I have tons of facts that I've memorized that like don't matter really. But I mean, a lot of that has to do with my memory. Like, uh, like I think it's uh, the speed of light is 186,252 miles per second. Mm. That's awesome you'll never use that fact <laughs> I mean I did once I won an I won a gift card off knowing that or right, one eighty six two hundred and eighty two so but i I would pride myself in that that oh, I know all these things and I'm so, I'm so different I'm so weird and come to find out in not seeking out my people I kind of Stunted growth in certain areas or formed very solid opinions about something without leaving it open to interpretation. And that's gotten me in trouble later on in life. So it's just kind of an interesting, you know, you would look, I looked at it myself on the outside and be like, oh, I'm being very humble. And you're not. You, your claim to fame is that you're unique and different and no one on the planet thinks like you do. And that is entirely false. You You, like, I think it was your professor that said it's hard to believe that any one person has ever in the history of mankind had a unique thought. And that's profound. That's depressing, but it's true. And coming to grips with that and, and starting to understand that my worth is not in how unique I am or how different I am or how I like all these things that no one else likes. I mean, some of the things I'm sure I studied just to know them not even for the sake of applying them so now when i go through and look at like quantum computing or like how blockchains work i have to i i look at it through the lens of how do i apply this and if i can't apply it i just throw it out because it's just knowledge for the sake of knowledge which is worthless
1: yeah well you know it's it's um uh... Interesting, and you know, if you go back to the just the basics of of being a human being, and where do you get your value from? Obviously, there's a lot of people that um, have allowed others uh, to determine their their value. Um, they've allowed their performance. And, and uh, to, to, de- to determine their value, they get critiques for it, and uh, they're either feeling good about themselves or not based on that critique. And it is so important to have a, an absolute um, foundation that you can go to for your value so that you can, in freedom, reach out, learn stuff, um, not take things too seriously that you shouldn't um, not allow it to impact your value. I think I, I remember somebody one time was talking about a class that they had they had, had where um, the teacher said right off the bat, okay, uh, I'm giving everybody 20 opportunities to fail, and I want you to use all of them. And it was just a strange thing when you first hear this thing, but what he was trying to communicate was, There is – we're all going to fail. If you're so afraid of failure that you find yourself hesitating, stepping out to attempt something, you'll never learn anything. You'll just be very safely cocooned in your little compartment. But you're not going to learn because failure is a necessary ingredient to success. Uh, and you have to give yourself the freedom of that. But if you don't have a sense of value in yourself, if you don't know that I'm valuable regardless of what I do, I'm not valuable because what I do, who I am, where I live, all those things, uh, you know, create something of a, of a of, you know, substance for who I am. I'm an American. I'm a man. I'm a, you know, those kind of things. But those don't establish your value. You, you can even learn a whole bunch of things. Those still don't establish your value because you may know a lot. There's always somebody who knows more. And if you intend to learn more, uh, you kind of have to shed all of your self-consciousness and be willing to go out and ask questions, which I, I've i watched you do that a lot. I'm very proud of you for that because that's the way you learn. You, you come at everything humbly knowing that you don't know it all. Uh, it's like a bunch of Us are just, we're a lot of people with missing parts, and that's why we need each other. Um, We don't know it all. The guy who goes out and attempts to know it all so that he can spout it off when anybody comes to him, um, it's a very lonely place. There's no need to know it all, but there is a need for each other. But again, going back to this whole foundation of your value, if you don't have a solid, unchangeable sense of your value that isn't dependent on what you do, who you are, where you live, all those other things, you're always going to suffer the chance that your boat's going to get rocked. Somebody's going to say something, something's going to happen, and all of a sudden your value in your mind is going to go down and it's going to affect the way you feel about yourself, the world, others, the whole thing. And so that's where, the you know, when God established our value – um, th- that was an incredible gift when you think about it. That was an incredible part of this whole thing of freedom that you need to be able to continue to learn to grow. Um, you've got to have that sense of value. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Right. I it when I applied to college, uh. I applied to MIT. I didn't apply anywhere else. (laughs) So I was like, I mean, clearly, I'll get in. Uh, I got the letter. Uh, Like, this is how arrogant I am. I know the statistics of getting in. Like, you have to do everything short of swimming out and saving a baby blue whale with your own hands. Like, you need so many extracurriculars. You need to be in so many clubs and do so much stuff. I did not do any of those things. I took Spanish, which is like nothing compared to most applicants. Hmm. And I applied, didn't apply anywhere else, which was dumb. Uh, I even talked to my friends and they're just like, dude, I mean, we all think you're great, but at least throw some other applications out there like the fall season or the fall semester is going to start and you won't have anywhere to go. I was like, no, 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 it's uh, all my eggs are in this basket and it'll work out. <laughs> so I got the letter and then I called the family together because I was just like, I- I'm going to announce my acceptance. And uh it was really cool because my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she was there. I opened the letter. I didn't even pre-read this to myself, which would have been smarter. Open the letter but you're not accepted. <laughs> so I... I but I was just flabbergasted as to like, maybe there was a mistake or maybe, uh, uh, and my girlfriend at the time, she was crying in the, I, this didn't click for me until years later, but she was crying because she was hurt that I didn't get in, mm. even though if I would have gotten in, I would have moved a long ways from there.
1: Well, uh, being your dad... Your mom and I probably should have written a letter to MIT and and explained to them why you you uh yeah. needed to get in that would have helped, right?
0: But and and I and I did not understand why. And and it was only till later and and then of course, you know, I fall into this despair and uh, I guess I'll just go to community college, I guess. I don't have anything else to offer and yada yada yada. It's just like this it was a very good lesson for me in getting to know my girlfriend and and like what she because I didn't appreciate it at the time. But later I appreciated it like this person is willing to be your cheerleader. Even if it meant you're basic, you're going to be doing a long distance relationship. So that was a really cool thing that I didn't get till later. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I was so confused as to why. And it was just like having this viewpoint of myself that was just so out of this world and like so not logical like you you can't just blindly leave your god's gift to the earth which i mean i basically thought i was so when i didn't get in it really those years in education after that were much more beneficial it it wasn't about learning things just to learn them I actually, like, after my despair, I, uh, I like, took a trig class in my community college. The teacher, like, made me fall in love with learning again. He would do a quiz every class. Like, no joke. In the beginning, you're like, this is horrible. But he's like, if you don't pass this class with, an eight, with a 90 or above, you're doing something, I'm doing something wrong. But he would quiz us every day. And I didn't get it until, like, halfway through the semester. And he's like, when I give you exams, when I give you the midterm, you should just breeze through it because it's so much repetition that you cannot fail. There's just like a really cool I like that it's kind of similar to what you're saying about I'm going to give you all these opportunities to fail and then you learn from them. And of <laughs> course you bomb the first few quizzes, but with time it's just like a piece of cake. I passed with a 96 on for all grades, not just the final. Like well, on average, all quizzes, all grades, all everything, like a 96, and everybody had a 90 or above in that class. Even if people, you didn't even think you liked math, or you didn't even think you would. And I, looking at my track record, I did much better in like algebra or college algebra, but when it came to like trigonometry or geometry, I didn't do well. But it's it's a visual thing. Like some people are really good at geometry and trigonometry, but they suck at algebra it's just like how you view the problems mm. but this one was uh, it was awesome but that was only after falling on my face if i would have gotten into mit for some miracle i would have failed out like it it, it those people are gifted in areas that i can't possibly ever like achieve at a baseline i can learn how to do it because you can learn how to do everything. Yeah, but, but you see,
1: you're seeing that you now. That. At the time, you wouldn't have given that kind of credit to anybody at MIT being that much above you in intelligence. But yeah. since since that time, you've run into several people who you consider to be um, much smarter than yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a gift, uh, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's. Because one of the things, if it is, if we're not talking about effort here, okay? Uh, if it was all about effort to achieve, um, that would be one thing. But there are some people who are just flat gifted. And yes. they they have no, they can't, there's no claim to fame for that, for them. They were just
0: mm-hmm.
1: gifted with that level of intelligence. And, um okay. Well, and so, I
0: don't want to make it sound like I'm a negative Nancy and I'm down on myself and I think I'm stupid. I think knowing your limitations is very healthy and very good. Because if I was a savant, everybody looks at the savant. This is just my opinion. I don't know this for a fact. But everyone looks at the piano savant or the mathematician savant, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's incredible what you can do. But no one... Like, Consider the perspective of the the savant playing piano, doing mathematics. It's like falling off a log for them. It's not challenging. So like who's, who has a better reward the people being able to witness such an amazing gift or like, I think I would almost value learning from the school of hard knocks than just popping out, knowing how to do everything. It's just not fun because there's no learning. There's no struggle. There's no, Value that's given to what you've invested a lot of time into to learn a skill. So I, I've kind of grown because in the beginning, before MIT, I thought uh, I just envied that so much. Like, how, how could you do so well in mathematics? And I, I would try something, and it just didn't click for me on certain concepts. And now I've grown to realize, like, because of like that trade class. That struggle of, of acquiring a skill that you've put effort into, you value it so much more.
1: That's that's really important. I still remember you talking about, a, again, you, you, you did homeschool yourself through high school, but you had high school friends that went to the local high school. And um, there was one particular fellow who uh, his dad bought him a truck. And uh, I guess he had an accident and and it wasn't really a big deal to him. But then there wasn't this established value in his mind of what he had as opposed to some kid who maybe had to work in order to buy his first car. And you know that kind of goes for anything that's either give, – it's given to us as opposed to something that we have to work for. There's, there's something about character development that is far more valuable when it comes to achievements in our life than to win the lottery – or to have something given to us, when we don't have a sense of value in the things that we have, uh, we we, yeah, we really lose. We really lose something with that. It's just, it's so important, and that's why I say, you know, when um, one of the comments that that uh, the, the author makes in this book, talking about pride, he says rather than testing our self worth by comparison to others we're encouraged to practice self examination and when you think about that again that going back to that imagery of the track runner with the blinders on he's not looking to the left or right he's just thinking about this is my lane i'm going to run my best i'm going to do my best and and what is that based on that's based on okay so i've been i've been exercising i've been preparing for this i have watched what i've been eating and all the different things that you have to do in order to perform athletically to your best um but that's you against you. this is your challenge, and how well you prepare for it um, you know the the results will be shown. yeah, someone else will probably run faster or do something better. That's always been the case. That's always the case, but you you can't allow that to be the determiner as far as how you see yourself. so you know you're you're learning. Um, you know what it means—the difference between you having to have worked for it, and maybe somebody who's had everything given to them. But there's there's something missing there. There's something in the in the area of joy, in uh, the sense of feeling good about yourself, that you actually learn something. And one of the other things that you've said this many times. Um, you, and what you lack in intelligence, uh, you make up for so many times in just your ability to focus. Um, man, that's uh, there's a real deficit in a lot of people in that area out there. They may be intelligent, but maybe they're lazy. Maybe they, they can't stand the pressure of sitting and having to think too long about anything. And so even though they have the potential, they'll never arrive at it unless they one day wake up and realize that, it's it's going to take more than intelligence
0: no thank you that's it's a good point too because a lot of the problems if you just think about them a little and reflect on them kind of massage it in your mind instead of just the quick fix the five steps to success the like once you throw that out the window and just it, no matter what you do in life it's going to be work to be successful and solve a problem. But that's why it's a problem, because it's hard. And mm-hmm. when you solve that, then it's gonna be the next problem. And, it, and so changing your perspective of instead of just like, how do I fix this like really, really fast, I like planning it out and, and, but yeah, the focus has been very beneficial.
1: Well, and, and something else too, um, and, and I found this in my own life, where something looked oh just impossible, and and you lo- I would look around me and I would see others who've achieved it, and I'm thinking, well, wow, that's and you don't stop to think about what they had to go through in order to achieve what that great thing was. Um, so so there's a couple of things going on. First of all, you're not them. There you're you're not them. They aren't you. Two different people. But also um, there's that looking at something that you want to do and then just bearing down and, and going for it and at your own speed, at your own pace based on where you are, uh, not where you would like to be. So it's just an honest assessment of, of, you know, this is this something I really want to do. Where am I at? And, um, do I, do I need to start from square one? Do I have anything going? You know, just evaluating where you are. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, both of us enjoy playing the piano. Um, but we've, we've discovered both of us have, have had a certain amount of experience with teachers who have shown us various things. But we haven't always appreciated some of the basics that they've tried to teach that actually help you along the way towards becoming better at playing rather than just what I used to do as a, as a younger person when I first started. As a, I, I was kind of rebellious. I didn't want to do what the piano teacher said to do. I wanted to play what I wanted to play, and that's all there is to it. And they weren't able to get across to, to me because I wasn't going to listen. That There are some basic things that you really need to learn to do if you want to get to play whatever you're going to want to play better. And um, so that pride, it you know, once again, gets in the way of learning, of growing. Um, And one other thing I was just going to bring up, too, you know, we were talking about, um, I think it was the other day, you and I were talking about the, the subtle nature of pride, how it sneaks up on us. And I've learned over time to be uh, more conscious of the triggers that um, let me know that there's something going on that I need to pay attention to. For instance, um, I, I've, you know, at various times I've had trouble with conflict, and so I would either get angry or I would get nervous about something or I would avoid something, and there's a trigger there. And what is it indicating? What are, you, what are you looking at here? How do I need to respond to this? Um, some of the things that we're going to learn in life aren't always said nicely by people who had our best interest at heart. Sometimes it's by people that maybe not, don't even like us. But maybe what they have to say, I'm thinking of various bosses over the years that I've had, some of the things they had to say I needed to listen to. And um, so, be aware of the things that I think that trigger us um, to respond in a way that's not going to be productive, either in avoidance or anger or some other negative emotion that's that's going to keep you from learning from that particular experience.
0: No, that's good. I think that was all my examples that I had.
1: Well, this has been good. I, I, I think this, uh, comments that you made earlier about, um, I guess on the, what is it? The humility side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, there's a right kind of humility. Yeah. And then there's a bad kind that really reflects a poor self image in that. And, um, I think we both kind of struggle with that a bit at various times, and uh, but I think it really it needs to come back to understanding your personal value. That's that you need to you need to really um, protect that that sense of self worth that you have based on God's opinion of you, not on yours or anyone else's. Um, and like I said, I. There's incredible freedom that comes from understanding your value. Um, So that's all I had to say.
0: No, that was good. Well, until next week.
1: Yep. (laughs) Bye. Talk to you.